1: The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael.
3: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When
0: I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie,
3: because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: You know, your house smells. Don't get mad, don't get mad, my house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you, I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are
5: This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
4: I don't think we should be bombing churches. Apparently we are. going to talk about that here in a while. We're going to talk about stunning job losses and some economic news that is not good. I think some people should be put on trial in this country for high treason. I'm going to go into that in a, just a little bit. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. 377 Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. And allow me to issue a stern warning at the opening of this show. No, the story's not super dark today. You know I warn you about that ahead of time. However... There's a lot to the story today, and I ain't going to wrap up the history segment in 20 minutes today. Yes, I'm going to talk about the DHS deputy head. I'm going to talk about Josh Hawley investigating Democrats. I'm going to talk about transgenders in the military in a way that is 100% going to offend you and probably everyone you know. I'm getting to all that, but this story today is critically important in my mind for everybody to hear. You see, let's go back to Rome. We've gone into this basic period before without having talked about this particular event. But we're in the period of time where there was a populism movement rising in Rome. And they were, they were called the Populares, and they were going against—we're we're, going to call it the Optimates or Optimates, depending on how uneducated you are, because I sound stupid trying to sound smart. I'm just going to call them the Optimates. Basically, it's the populace versus the elites, and that really is the way you want to think about this. The Optimates are the senators, the extremely wealthy people— The equestrians, which you would need to know, in Rome, underneath the senatorial class, there was the equestrian class. They were the knights. They were very, very, very wealthy, high-end people, but not the top, top level, not the top tier. But the Optimates was basically made up of that. And yes, I'm going to draw a ham-fisted conclusion from this right off the bat for you here. You need to think of the Optimates as... The guys who run big tech, the Wall Street executives, the United States senators, especially the Democrat ones, the professors at elite universities, those are the optimates as far as the the time we're in. And then you had populares, and they were more the new thing. But what had been happening, and I'm going to say this about 10,000 times today, tell me if this sounds familiar. The optimates were in the interest of enriching and empowering themselves more and more, stomping on the people more and more. One set of rules for the wealthy, another set of rules for the people. What do I mean by stomping for it? Well, or by stomping on it? Well, veterans. It was a hard Hard life to serve in the Roman legion. The training was so strict. That's why the legions were so awesome for so long. Their discipline was outstanding. How do you get to be a disciplined, cohesive military unit? Training. Time, time, time. That's what it takes. It takes hours and days and months of training and training and training. And the the discipline. In a Roman unit. You've heard of decimation. We'll talk about it today. Ah, that football team decimated the other team. Do you know where that term decimation comes from? It's a Latin derivative. comes from the word 10. You see, if your unit, Rome was divided up into smaller units. If your particular unit retreated when they weren't supposed to, stepped out of line in some way, they would, they would call it cast lots, they would draw straws, for lack of a better way to put it. And whichever one of the ten men got the short straw would then be beaten to death by his comrades in his unit. They would go down the line, you, 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 beaten to death by his best friends. That is Roman discipline. Routinely flogged to death. You'd be crucified. That's part of what the discipline, I mean, that's part of what gave them that kind of discipline too. You don't have a moment in the Roman Legion where you just, I feel like, you know, I'm going to sleep in. No, no, no. No, you're up. You're up. So the Roman Legions, constantly at war, a hard life, were always, I've almost always promised lands when their time in the Legion were done. Remember, land was wealth, agriculture, little house, cute little wife, raise some cubs. You know what I mean? The, the, The good life. They were no different than you. They were not getting their lands. Not only were they not getting their lands, the optimates, the elites, tell me if this sounds familiar pouring slaves into the country from all the conquests that the veterans were earning veterans out there fighting a foreign war, dying, bleeding, coming back, maimed for life. If you came back at all. And you know, the, the spoils of that, your, your efforts. If you're a veteran was slaves, slavery was remember the history of the world. That's just the history of the world. The slaves all came back, They were all bought up by the Optimates who then took that slave and put that slave in a job that was supposed to be for the veteran. You picking up on any anger, any resentment here? You still wondering why we have 20 million illegal immigrants in this country? It's not an accident, and it ain't only Democrats. Anyway, moving on. Lastly, there was something now. This will be harder for us to understand because there's really no no relation to this now. Citizenship. You think of Rome as either all of Italy, or you know the entire Mediterranean area they eventually conquered. Rome really was. Remember, citizenship. It, it, it's it essentially means member of a city. Someone who resides in a city. Roman citizenship was really reserved for people in actual Rome itself. The city, not the empire. They had all these Italians. They were known as Italians in the countryside. The rural people. Well, maybe this is applicable today. You see the Roman people in Rome, the city itself. They considered themselves to be citizens and more elite than the people in the rural countryside. The people in the countryside, well, I mean, they're not Roman. They were part of the Roman Empire, but they weren't Roman citizens. And keep in mind, as we talked about before, as hopefully you've read in your Bible before, I know Chris hasn't because it's in the New Testament. Remember that story about Paul, Apostle Paul, when he's about to be flogged? And he says, are you going to do this to a Roman citizen? And the guy essentially poops his pants and says, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. You can go. Roman citizenship meant a lot. It was the ultimate uh, you better treat me with respect card, because if you didn't, Rome would, Rome, wouldn't, Rome would send an entire legion and raise your city to the ground if you mistreated one of their citizens. Not because they actually cared about that citizen that much, but because they wanted to make sure the next citizen and the next citizen is treated really well. Oh, oh, you're going to get a little lesson in Roman arrogance today. It actually cost them or almost cost them very dearly. Yeah, I'm just getting rolling. You're just going to have to buckle up. We're going to talk about a great story today. And transgenders in the military. Yeah, I have offensive thoughts.
5: Truth Attitude Jesse Kelly.
4: I ask very little of my friends and family. I just I, I try to be that way. But I want you to understand something. When I talk about super beats with you, I don't just talk to you about it. I've asked my friends, family to start taking super beats. The truth is high blood pressure, some problems with the heart. These things they run in my family. So, why wouldn't you take such a simple, affordable, easy step like eating two Superbeets heart chews every single day? I do. I eat two a day at dinner time. And it's not like it's some burden. It's like I get to eat two fruit snacks every single day. They're outstanding. And I have an awesome, awesome special for you right now. If you go to getsuperbeats.com slash Jesse, that's getsuperbeats.com slash Jesse you get two, that's right, two free 30-day supplies. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. 20% of renters in America are behind on their payments. So boy. I'm going to tell you where that's going a little later on. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Jesse Kelly DC. I'm also on Instagram, on Facebook and other things too. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Back to Rome. Too many slaves, no citizenship for the Italians in the rural areas, no land for veterans. And here's the thing about the citizenship question for our story. A lot of people wanted to grant these Italians citizenship. There were a ton of them, right? There's a a ton of them out there, but... Nobody wanted, because of their divided two-party system, hint, hint, wink, wink, nobody wanted the other guy to get credit for having given them citizenship because then he was going to use it for more political power. You know, if you're the populares, I think they should be citizens, and then you make them citizens, and wow, now there's a lot more of you than there are of the other guy. If you're the optimates, same thing. Why don't we give them citizenship? A man comes along by the name of Drusus. I'm not going to go into the rest of all these Roman names. His name's Drusus, and he tries to give them citizenship. And not only does he try to give them citizenship. Drusus is not smart enough to hide his intentions from the rest of the Romans. He not only tries to give them citizenship, he pens a letter to them telling them, not only am I giving, am I trying to give you citizenship, if you get it, you will owe all of your allegiance to me. Well, Drusus got himself killed. This is ancient Rome. Assassination was the name of the game in the ancient world. Drusus gets assassinated for it. And remember, these Italians who'd been begging for citizenship, Drusus presenting them with a document saying, I'm going to try to give it to you, was as close as they'd ever come to getting it. They could taste it. And what was the result? The result was you killed the guy they thought was coming to save them. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Any of this sounding familiar yet? Well, now they freak out, and the result of this is something called the social war. Yeah, it was. It's another social. Don't think of it in that way. It's another. It's another Latin thing. I'm not going to go into today. It doesn't matter. It's all boring anyway. Who cares about Latin? <laughs> anyway, this starts the social war. What is the social war? the italians all those rural italians and remember there is a ton of them a sea of them and they've been operating as roman citizens serving in the legions yeah they're, they're 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 very much part of the society thought less of by the elites but very much part of the society they revolt and rebel not all of them but tons of them do and when I say rebel, I don't mean a tiny town steps up and says, I don't want to be part of Rome anymore. I mean, vast parts of the countryside stand up and say, we are out. Goodbye, Rome. Peace. They are, they are so out. They start their own government and print their own money. And on their coinage, we still have the coins today, Not only do they print their money, they choose to raise the ultimate middle finger to Rome when they do it. You see, the Roman symbol was really a wolf. They loved wolves. They were big on that. The Italian coinage they printed had a bull. That's what the Italian really symbol was. Had a bull goring a wolf to death on it. I'm not making that up. It's awesome. And... These people are are advanced enough to start their own government, print their own coins, field their own legions. Remember, these are experienced Romans too. The social war sounds a lot nicer than it was. This was very much a let's go toe-to-toe thing. These Italians were no joke at all. And they went at it. And I'm not going to go into all the details of the social war just because there's so much to cover. But it was an ugly affair. I will tell you this. People talk a lot today, especially people on the right. You and I, there's a lot of talk about civil war. You know, you really see this on social media. Somebody, somebody, I'm ready for a civil war. Let's have a civil war. Let's just have a civil war and get it over with. Man, do you not want that? The ugliness of war period is just, it's, it's unbelievable, but civil wars. I mean, not just the social war, all of them are so horrible and they're, they're, It's the women and children, too, that really gets to me. You're not on some foreign battlefield where he's mobilized his army here and you've mobilized your army there. In a civil war, man, it's fought in people's homes, in people's towns, by people who speak the same language. They went to the same school. Oh, hey, you know Bob. I know Bob. Let me try to murder you now. It's more personal. It's more terrible than you can imagine. And the social war was a horrible, horrible bit of business. And Rome itself eventually begins to gain the upper hand. Why do they begin to gain the upper hand? One, they had a lot more money, they had more resources than the rural countryside. Therefore, when their legions are breaking spears and shields and swords, they can replenish it. Remember, economies run militaries. Economies. Run militaries. Rome has better economy. Rome has a better military. Also, Rome just had better leaders. They had people like Lucius Cornelius Sulla coming up through the ranks who were just very, very, very good. Now, Rome eventually wins, but they did not curb stomp the Italians. In fact, by the end of the social war, Rome gives the citizenship to the Italians. and it was so close, like throughout the war it was so close, Rome was offering uh, anybody who doesn't join the Italians can actually be a citizen and anyone who's revolting now, if you stop now, you could be a citizen. It, it was this was a serious, serious civil war. It really could have gone the other way. Battle here, battle there, it could have gone the other way. And now, you get what you wanted. If you're an Italian citizen, you now you're a Roman citizen. All of all of Italy is Roman now. And for a lot of people in society at that time, especially the new citizens, they thought, well, it's about freaking time. We've been putting in the work, paying the taxes, paying our dues. We should have been citizens a long time ago. It's about time. But for people like Lucius Cornelius Sulla, who was not only a talented military commander, he was the ultimate optimate. He was the ultimate Rome should be what it was, what it's always been guy. He looks around and now he sees a country that is severely, severely watered down and losing its direction. Lucius Cornelius Sulla is always painted as the bad guy in this story, and there's no question, he's a bad guy. But does he have a point? Talk about that in a second. And job loss is worse than 09. Ouch.
0: Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever.
6: Hi. Oh, hey.
0: Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
4: A man stole a tow truck, and I respect him for it. Get to, what, Chris? We'll get to that in a little bit. I'm into my history stuff today. I'm into it big time. What happened was, see, I have this bad personality. You know, I'm, I'm just such a bad person, and I have things where if I get into something, I go all in with it and I will ignore even basic responsibilities in my life. Last night, I'm 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 totally into the Sala versus Marius Populares social war stuff, and I start browsing through documentaries and I start reading every everything I can get on it, and I'm browsing through all this stuff. And before I know it, <laughs> I look up. And I had to, because the wife was busy, I had to get the kids dinner last night. Before I know it, I look up. It's like an hour and a half past the time the kids eat dinner. (laughs) And I'm like, boys. And I, of course, turned it back on them. Only that doesn't work as well anymore because they've lived with me as such a terrible father for so long. I'm like, boys, have you eaten dinner? And they're all, no. uh, Mom said you were getting it tonight. I said, well, I don't know why you didn't eat on your own. That's irresponsible. And you could tell on the look on their faces. They're like, you forgot, didn't you? You forgot. I'm like, I'll get you something now and because I'm such a good guy. <laughs> but that's what happened last night. I started digging, and I just dove headlong into it. All right. Back to where we are. Sulla considers, with all these now former Italians, now they're Roman citizens, he thinks Rome was already getting watered down with these populares trying to give the people some power. Now we have even more Roman citizens? He thinks what Rome has now lost is any sense of what Rome was, what Rome has always been, what Rome's supposed to be. You know, this virtuous republic. Ambition. Success. Get out there and and work hard and be a good person and things like that. How they saw themselves. Whether or not they were that or not, that's up for debate. But that's how they saw themselves. They would would study philosophy about virtue, bravery, hard work. That's that's how they saw themselves. Which brings us to a part where we have to take a little sidestep here. Gaius Marius. I talked about him before a long time ago. I will talk about him again in the future, and he's he's part of our story today. But you need to know this, and this is it's so terrible the way, the way people do history. I should I should look. I'm not judging anybody, but if you go look at, uh, go look at a pod, do a podcast search or whatever your podcast thing is, whether it's iHeart, Google, Spotify, iTunes, you can find the Jesse Kelly Show on all those too. By the way, go do a podcast search for. Julius Caesar, and just start scrolling. You'll be done scrolling by next Wednesday, maybe. And and look, you know I'm the Caesar freak. I love Caesar, but there are endless ones. Now, go do a podcast search for Gaius Marius. If you find two, you're probably doing okay, probably one. This dude was a consul of Rome, consul that was their, you know, president before they moved on to dictators, consul of Rome, seven times, absurdly cool story, not a rags to riches story, but didn't come up as one of the elites in society, but made his way up through the military as one of these, you know, working man generals saved Rome from a gigantic German invasion. The dude was a legend. Most people don't even know the name Gaius Marius. An absolute legend. And as he's coming up, Sulla is coming up underneath him. And this remember, this is a side part of our story. We've stepped away here for a moment. Forgive me, I get distracted. Sulla is coming up underneath him. Eventually, they are sent. Marius and he brings his underling Sulla down to deal with a man named Jugurtha. And I'll go. You know, I'll do. The, I'll tell the story another day. But just know Jugurtha was a king in charge of some people, and Rome couldn't get their handle on him. Every time they tried to fight him, he'd retreat into the mountains. He was just very squirrely. They couldn't get the guy. Marius either sends Sulla or Sulla volunteers. It's it's hard to. It's hard to know what's real because of how the story ended. Sala basically goes undercover to meet Jugurtha, where he springs on him, arrests him, and brings him back. Well, here's the thing. And you probably have run into this in your life somewhere, in the military, in whatever company you work for. At some point, you have run into this. The guy on top always gets the credit. And the guy on top oftentimes doesn't share the credit. It really was Sulla, under under Gaius Marius' command, but it really was Sulla who brought in Jakurtha. But Sulla was not the commander of the troops. Gaius Marius was. Who do you think took all the credit? Gaius Marius did. And from that point forward, maybe before then too, but from that point forward, we know Lucius Cornelius Sulla and Gaius Marius hated each other. Absolutely hated each other. Sulla thought Marius took his glory. And for Romans, glory was everything. Absolutely everything. All right, that's it for our side story. Back to where we were. Remember, end of the social war, so on and so forth. Two things happen at this point in time. One, Sulla gets elected as consul. Sulla is now president, right? Now that's 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 what he is. He's president of Rome. Post social war, all these new citizens, Sulla's president of Rome. Marius is old by now. I think he was in his 70s at this time but still very much around and the legend, the super celebrity of Rome, period. Something else happens. Remember I said two things? Sulla gets elected consul. There's an area to the east, south of the Black Sea. So we're talking east of Greece. There's a kingdom called Pontus. This kingdom was led by a man named Mithridates II. Mithridates II looks around at his kingdom and says, Well, Rome barely controls their own country. My kingdom's really big. My kingdom's really wealthy. I, Mithridates II, am a very powerful, very capable man, and he very much was. Well, tell me why I shouldn't spread my wings and fly a little bit. Because he had some Roman-controlled territories beside him. Mithridates says, I'm going to do it. What's Rome going to do about it? He does. Mithridates storms into some of these territories beside him. And takes over. Well, that really would have been okay. We're still okay by this point in time. Rome isn't freaking out yet. Rome sends some ambassadors to go talk to Mithridates. In Rome, it's kind of awesome. But Rome has a history of their ambassadors being a little bit uh, forceful, if you will. Let's just put it this way. Roman ambassadors don't come in like you would normally picture an ambassador. You know, all fake smiles. And Bob, how you been, Bob? Let's go out. Can I buy you a steak tonight? Roman ambassadors, famously, to kings, they would come in and give orders. They would come in and really push their weight around. They were Roman after all, right? And boy, did they blow this entire thing up. I'll tell you how in just a second
3: the talk radio revolution jesse kelly no word in the english language is less convincing than probably are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date
7: sure Um, we'll probably stay together
3: probably
10: I don't buy for one second the uh, that the vitality of American manufacturing is a thing of the past. American manufacturing was the arsenal of democracy in World War II, and it must be part of the engine of American prosperity now. That means we're going to use taxpayers' money to rebuild America. We'll buy American products and support American jobs.
4: Yeah, here's the thing, though, about American manufacturing, and it's not a thing of the past. You say things like that, but then you also say things like this. This is Chuck Schumer.
11: Give me your legislative priorities in your own words. Climate.
4: Hmm. I mean, everyone realizes those are two different agendas, right? You can have a robust manufacturing center factories, the works. That's of course my point of view. I I want people to have jobs. I think it's awesome. Or you can choose to attack the mythological beast of man-made climate change. What you cannot do is both at the same time. Because factories, manufacturing, they require machinery. Machinery puts out carbon. If you believe carbon dioxide is killing the planet, you cannot possibly be pro-manufacturing. It's not possible. All right, I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'll get back to that in a little bit. Sorry, I I had to say something. Mithridates, Pontus, invades a couple Roman territories, protectorates, whatever you want to call them. Rome sends an ambassador over. Rome's ambassador... Tells Mithridates, hey, uh, get back in your own borders. What what are you doing? Get back in your own borders. Mithridates, not all about open warfare with Rome yet, actually complies. But remember when I said Roman ambassadors are not exactly shrinking violets? Roman ambassadors then promptly go to the territories Mithridates had just invaded and tells them, "Uh, you believe what he just did? We've got your back. You should invade him. He, they tell him, they tell the territories to invade Mithridates who turn around and do it. Well, the Romans, uh, they don't have any legions over there. They have merchants over there. They have tax collectors over there. They don't have any legions. Mithridates looks at these little podunk territories invading him and, and says, uh, No. He promptly sends his army out, stomps these territories into the ground, finds the main guy who led the invasion, and melts down gold and pours it down his throat. Then he kills some Romans, Roman merchants, Roman tax collectors. And then, he doesn't stop there, Mithridates heads over to essentially Greece, with a gigantic army, uh, now, now Rome has a big problem. Remember, they just got done, really, with the social war. But they have to act. Now, you have Roman citizens being killed. You have somebody just basically peeing all over your borders. You have to do so. You're being openly challenged. Now, Rome would never take that. Well, this means there's going to be a gigantic military campaign against a powerful but wealthy nation. Um, it's not like America today where all these senators and politicians order American troops off to war and then don't go back then their society, their culture, it was the greatest honor in the world to lead a Roman army in a military campaign. They all wanted it. Everybody wanted it. And Sulla, who'd just been made consul, definitely wanted it. And Gaius Marius, who was very much alive, wanted it too. Well, Sulla is the consul, so they give command to Sulla. Sulla, here, take your Roman army, go kill Mithridates. Marius promptly gets involved politically, They figure out a way to backstab Sulla, and they change command from Sulla to Marius. Sulla gets word of this, loses his mind, and the first guy to do it, it wasn't Julius Caesar, Sulla promptly raises his troops and marches on Rome. He's so upset about this whole thing. He wins. He kicks out Marius, who didn't have many troops or much at all takes over Rome and says, okay, I hope you all learned your lesson now. Don't forget who's in charge. Then grabs his army and heads east, goes over to take on Mithridates. Marius moves right back in. Marius takes control of Rome while Sulla is gone and starts pushing the Populare rules course, then once he takes over, he promptly dies. But Sulla is in the east fighting Mithridates and finds out the people he's been fighting against have taken over Rome again. He has to make a treaty with Mithridates. You know, Mithridates didn't go over there and get stomped. He makes a treaty with him. Mithridates says, we good, we good. Yeah. Sulla says, yeah, we're good. And Sulla turns around and heads back west towards Rome. And we are going to wrap up our story here in just a minute. And then we have to talk about transgenders in the military. Hang on.
10: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
4: Sala cuts a deal, heads back to Rome. Sala marches into Rome. Now, Marius' son, you know, he raised an army, tried to take on Sala, but Marius' son is not in the same league as far as military commanders go. He loses. He kills himself. Sala walks back into Rome and takes over. And keep in mind, he'd previously been knifed in the back, he was the consul, should have been in charge. They took it from him. He'd been knifed in the back by these populares. And these populares were people he had hated forever. Rome was watered down and filthy and wrong now. Sulla, Sulla was a very committed man to making it the way he wanted it. And he's about to. Hang on.
5: Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show uh,
12: President. Biden, now President Biden, condemned protests and violence on the far left and the far right before he was president. Why haven't we heard anything directly from him about the riots in Portland and the Pacific Northwest since he was inaugurated?
7: Well, he's taking questions later this afternoon, so perhaps you will. I will say from here uh, that
6: President.
4: Mmm. Getting a little spicy out there. I, I dig on that. <laughs> Jesse at jessikellyshow.com Remember, you can email me, whatever. They all go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them. I read them all. I'm not going to respond. I get way too many of them. You can email your Ask Dr. Jesse questions in early if you'd like. Put put yourself in in line a little earlier than everybody else. Remember, those are for Friday. But I'm going to start sprinkling in one or two throughout the week. I just enjoy that. So Sulla, as we wrap up our story here. Sulla comes back. Ends the war with Mithridates. Signs a treaty. Comes back into Rome. Takes over again. Has himself appointed dictator. Only Sala, Sala is a man who wants to use power. There are people out there who want it just to have it. And then there are people out there who want it to use it. And I guess the question is how you use it, what you use it for. You see, Sala didn't want to be dictator just so he could get the special dictator parking spot out in front of the Coliseum. Sala wanted to be dictator because he wanted to write what he viewed as the wrongs of Rome. Sala becomes dictator and promptly starts issuing what were called prescriptions. No, I'm not talking about your blood pressure medication. These things were Sala's, I mean, basically sending out bounty hunters and turning regular men into bounty hunters of his political opponents, all those populares, Sala would put out a list in the public square. He would put out a list of the people he wanted dead, and you had to bring proof you had killed them, and he will pay you for it. Thousands and thousands of them. Not just regular people either. Senators. I think 2,600 equestrians. Remember the knights, the the high level people that were just under the senators, just flat out wealthy landowners who weren't even populares, and Salah just wanted their land and money and power. Salah promptly gets in there, and it was like a one of those ethnic cleansing situations. It was that bad. He starts murdering everybody, and does. Completely kills, and this is a thorough man, remember. This is a thorough man. He kills all of them. He thinks. He kills so many of them that he retires. Unlike most dictators in history, I guess to his credit, even though he'd just been kind of murdering people, Unlike most dictators, Salah really did just want to set things right and then bail. He retires and promptly goes to do his favorite thing in the world, get hammered. Alcoholism is not something new to America. It's not something new to the world. It's something historically men especially struggle with. I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't female alcoholics. Obviously, there are, but men... I don't know whatever whatever the reason is. We like to get hammered, and it has affected especially wealthy, powerful men more. Sala retires after murdering everybody, drinks, drinks so much he's dead in less than two years. They hold this huge public funeral for him. You remember he has one of my favorite quotes of all time as he's writing his memoirs: "No friend ever served me." No enemy ever wronged me who I have not repaid in full. That is so great. And then boom, gone. So here's the thing, though. Here's what we're going to take away from this. He killed everybody. Took over. Eliminated entire political positions. Killed all his rivals. Complete cleansing of this. Populare scourge, right? Except it wasn't too long after that Julius Caesar stormed in and took over Rome, who then it then became a populare dictatorship for centuries. What so many people aren't understanding right now, especially not just talking about Democrats here. I'm not just pointing fingers. Democrats anti-Trump Republicans, mainly the ones who live in D.C., or people who really hated the Trump movement. And this is not about Trump. I'm not here to talk about Trump. But what they aren't understanding is Donald Trump was simply the voice of an idea. And what they're trying to do with this impeachment insanity right now, they're trying to kill it off. Let's, uh, let's, uh, we got all, look, all these capital Raiders, let's arrest them on TV. Uh, he's, let's give this guy 9,000 years in prison. Let's impeach Donald Trump, bring him back public trial. They're trying to crank up the disgrace and crank up the pain to a point where they can burn off this Trump, Trumpism thing and just get back to the way things were. What's wrong with the way things were? until they take stock into what their role has been in the anger out there, then it doesn't matter how many Trumps or Trump fans they put on trial or throw away in a prison cell. It's not going away. This idea that our optimates here, our elites are corrupt, live by different rules, are constantly lying to us, Dumping on us to enrich and empower themselves, that feeling is not going away. It doesn't, you could impeach Donald Trump a thousand times, arrest every single person who was even at the rally in DC, give them all a thousand years in prison, throw them away for life. The idea is not going away. In fact, you just reinforced everybody's beliefs that you're all corrupt scumbags. And what blows me away is the GOP leadership in D.C. appears to be really on board with this whole impeachment thing. Even if you're some corrupt GOP D.C. scumbag, how can you be so stupid and out of touch? How can you not see what's happening? You're better off hating Donald Trump in private And then saying, ah, he's a good president, glad he's there. Anyway, we're moving on. You don't have to wear Trump pajamas. I'm not asking you to. Maybe you hate the guy. Just move on. But what you're doing is you're trying so hard to make sure he never happens again. You're going to get another one. And then another one. And then another one. And... You might find yourself with somebody who's a murderous dictator one of these days. You might. Just let it go. But people in power, they get so blinded by being in power, they don't realize how temporary it can be sometimes. I mean, honestly, it, There are, you know what I've said about the capital raid. I, I'm not one of these guys who's so like woohoo great moment for America But maybe there is a good part of it we can take from it. Maybe there is. Let's say that. Let's let's go that route and then we'll talk about this transgender thing in the military. Hang on.
5: Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so?
3: Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date?
6: Sure.
7: Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably?
12: Just one more about the announcement you made off the top about the travel restrictions. Mm -hmm. When President Trump was imposing travel restrictions in March, specifically on China, then candidate Biden called it xenophobic and fear-mongering. So now President Biden is putting travel restrictions on people coming in from other countries. What word do we use to describe
7: that? think that's quite a fair articulation. Uh, The President has been clear that he felt the Muslim ban was xenophobic. He overturned the Muslim ban. Uh, He also, though, has uh, supported um, and he himself, even before or we did, I should say, even before he was inaugurated, steps, uh, travel restrictions in order to keep the American people safe uh, to ensure that uh, we are getting the pandemic under control. That's been part of his policy. But he was critical of the former President for having a policy that was not more comprehensive than travel
4: restrictions. Mm-mm-mm. Bring in the heavy, heavy stuff today. <laughs> All right. Now, transgenders. Biden lifts Pentagon's ban on transgender people serving in the military. Let's get in trouble today. What say you, Chris? Let's get in trouble today. Understand this. I am mind your own business guy. Always have been, always will be. A lot of people are not, a lot of people are just natural born busybodies. I have to get involved in this and I have to have an opinion about that. What are they doing in there? I see it all the time. I I live in suburbia. Most people are cool. But there's always that. Did you hear what she said? Did you hear? Did you hear about this guy's? I heard this guy's on drugs. Did you see their flowers in their front lawn? Did you have to, I don't care. I don't care. It's not only that I don't care. I will tell people, ah, I'm not really interested if they start telling me that stuff. I'm, I'm not interested. I don't care. Did you hear that Larry is a I don't care. I had a beer with Larry out front for a couple minutes. I enjoyed it. And that's really what I don't care about. It was fine. I mind your own business guy if you have some desire to mutilate your body and call yourself a different gender than what you are, that's honestly totally up to you. I I, I don't, I don't want any laws stopping you. Spend your money doing it. Do your thing. Do your thing. I would argue you should probably get yourself some counseling first. Maybe signing up for a bit more of a difficult life than you would have otherwise had. But again, do your thing. I ain't here to tell you how to live, nor nor am I qualified to judge you on how you live. I'm a horrible person. My list of sins is, is a lot longer than any of yours. Trust me. However, when it comes to the United States military, the United States military is Like most nations' militaries, it is an organization funded by me. My tax dollars, my money that I work for, your money you work for, goes to the United States military for no other reason, none. There is no purpose for a military other than to protect a nation. It does not serve any secondary purpose at all. That's the military's purpose, to protect a nation. They are our fighting force. My military should be criminally exclusive. Exclusive. Not inclusive. The last thing I want my military to be is inclusive. I don't want them to include anybody except people who meet the high, high standards I want the most mentally fit, the most physically strong and fit. I want the best and the brightest at in every position in the United States military because your job is so critical and because your job is a taxpayer-funded job. And if you are a human being who, for whatever reason, rough upbringing, I don't know, if you're a human being who thinks— that you're able to change your gender, then you are a human being who needs to work that out outside of the fighting force of a nation. I don't care that you're going to work that out. You go work it out or, or do your thing. Don't you bring that into my military, which is supposed to be exclusive, period. And look, I'm as mean about this as you can possibly get. I'm not just talking about transgenders. I don't think you should get in the military if you're fat. And I'm not exactly a Greek god saying that right here. I understand that people struggle with weight and, and people have different body types. I, I get it. But again, you can be fat. It's your, it's your it's your it's your right to do so. Do whatever you want to do with your life. Like I said, I eat too much pizza too. Don't work out enough. I I get it. a little belly on me too. I don't look like I'm 20 years old anymore. I get it. But you don't get to be fat in my military. My military is a supreme fighting force. You go be fat as a civilian. That's how it has to be. That's how it must be. We must have... Exclus- exclusivity in positions like the military. Exclusivity is so painfully underrated. This stuff has got to stop. And it absolutely, it's, it infects our society now. There is no more overrated word in American society today than inclusive, diverse. Look how diverse we are. Diversity's our goal. Inclusive. What do I care about diversity? Bring me results. I don't care if they're all tall, short, black, white, Indian, Italian. Well, maybe not Italians, but I I don't care. Bring me results. If my son has to have life-saving brain surgery, I don't give a crap about the diversity of the doctor. I don't care if he's a nice person. I, I don't care if he's—I don't care if he's the worst human being in the world. Bring me results. Save my son. I don't care what else you do. That's your business. You could take a shot of whiskey on your way into the surgeon room for all I care. If you're good, go home. Wrap your car around a tree on the way there after getting, after getting a DUI or something. That ain't my business. Save my son. Bring me results. Exclusivity. Criminally underrated in this country. And we are somehow in love with this word diverse and inclusive. Okay, you you go make sure you're checking all the boxes for color and gender. I'll check all the boxes for capable people. We'll see who wins. I know how that story ends. And this idea is hurting this country. It, 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 it's fine if this takes place in your idiotic sociology class on your jerkwater college campus. That's one thing. When this starts to get into the FBI, the DOJ, the Green Berets, we've gone too far. Uh, we we have to have women in, in frontline military units. Why? Uh, 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 so we can be more diverse. Uh, who cares about that? I asked why. They're not big, strong, or fast enough. Their bodies break down. Their bodies are built differently. Their hips and legs and back can't handle it. Their shoulders aren't made for it. That's not an insult. That's biology. How's that for the party of science? we We need more diversity. Why do I care about diversity? It's the front line of the Marine Corps. Go kill people. That's what you're here for. Go kill people. And... There's something else on that I have to talk about as long as we're offending every single person under the sun today.
6: Hang on. Did
4: you know that just two Super Beats heart chews per day give you the cardiovascular support and promote the heart-healthy energy you need to chase your goals? Two per day. I take my two at dinner time. I'm not telling you when to take yours. That's your business. But understand, they taste great. I have two flavors at my house. I have the pomegranate berry, and I think it's my favorite, but they have a new flavor out right now called Super Grapes and I don't know. It <laughs> may be the leader now. I go back and forth now on them. But what an easy step I can take. What an easy step for me to take. And you know how much I like natural solutions for our problems. I don't want a pill bottle. Why wouldn't I work on my blood pressure and my heart the natural way? Go to getsuperbeats.com slash That's getsuperbeats.com slash jesse. That gets you two free 30-day supply. Well, every now and then we get a guest on the show and apparently... You guys just absolutely love him, so we keep bringing him back again. <laughs> and, and very, very proud and happy to welcome in Chad Robichaux, show author, MMA champion, Force mar- Recon Marine, and founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Other than that, Chad, what else have you done with your life?
13: <laughs> oh man, I'm just trying to uh, find find time to keep keep moving in my old age. And <laughs> hey, Chad, you know,
4: we were talking yesterday. We we talked a lot about. PTSD on the show and yesterday and and, and and talk about my brief experience with it and whatnot. I, I think right. one of the things, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, and please do, a lot of guys feel alone when the, when the, when they have it. They feel alone, and they, they know they're not. There's, the, there's a million resources right. out there, a million guys out there talking about it, but the feeling of being alone, like I used to just close all the blinds in my apartment and just drink beer by myself. I just wanted to be alone, and I felt
13: alone. Is that odd? No, it, it's in fact just so common, you know that uh, which isolation, you know, ironically, is is the worst thing to add to yeah, anxiety, nice. stress, depression. But uh, that feeling of, of uh of hope, yeah, booze. yeah, yeah, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire. No, yeah. but um, you know, the 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 feeling of of being alone and in, in in the the fact that you know even even someone like myself, and I'll, I'll be a little transparent here, you know opening mighty oaks foundation building this organization you have 65 employees that help thousands and thousands of people uh you know i i, uh, I had a kind of a i want to say a, a uh a resurfacing of this when my son left for afghanistan mm-hmm. uh, you know i'm i was i'm like and it really just caught me off guard because i'm like uh, uh you know i had been so many years since i had a panic attack so many years that i had felt that anxiety and depression and uh in fact that I'd helped so many thousands of people And I thought. I got this beat. In fact, I wrote books for it and all this stuff. And and so this can't be happening to me again. And and uh in a a little bit of my pride uh surfaced at first by saying I can't really tell anybody because I'm the one that people are looking to 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 help solve this in their lives. So I can't really say anything in it. But luckily I you know, because of the work we do, I immediately knew better and I reached out. But uh, I remember in that moment thinking, I have all these friends, all these people to work with, we help with so many other people, but I'm alone. And it's just this, this lie that kind of takes root in your mind, and you're convinced that no one's there. You're all by yourself, and you have to deal with it by yourself. And um, you know, uh, I don't know where most of you listeners are with this, but you know, I'm a Christian, and I believe that there's a very real, real like, spiritual warfare that happens, and uh, in, in this world and in our lives. And I believe, you know, if there's an enemy out there, you know, a spiritual enemy, which be the devil. Which sounds crazy to some people to hear that, but I, I believe that's the thought that we want. When mixed all with mental illness, that's the thought that an enemy would want us to have—to be isolated, to be alone, to feel cut off from any support. And uh, when we find ourselves in that spot, it just—that's where we spiral. And uh, and those, those thoughts of, you know, unfortunately, those thoughts of suicide kind of follow. Well, and no. that's what we, especially right now, in the country that, the, you know, I, I talk about the veterans' crisis of suicide all the time—22 a day—and right now it's up 35 percent uh, in the active-duty military. Since COVID, because of COVID lockdowns, the National Suicide Hotline is up 1,000%. 1,000% National Suicide Hotline. So people are struggling right now, and they're running into these thoughts of isolation and loneliness.
4: Why – now, by the way, you can talk about whatever you want on this show, and that that, that kind of talk's always welcome on here. But why – why is it worse right now for veterans? Why are the suicides up so much? Is it the job loss? Is it the loss of a purpose? I mean, I, I I talk about it all the time. A man, a man and his job is a unique relationship. It's something tough for women to understand. Like that's part of your purpose in life. Is it that? Is it taking that away?
13: It is. You know, we we're we we're created that purpose. We we're meant that purpose. When we take purpose out, kind of remove purpose out of our lives, we're kind of wither up. And die. In fact, I believe that most veterans that take their life, with the veteran suicide epidemic, is not because they seen something horrible or they did something horrible and they can't reconcile that. It's because they were important, they had a very clear mission, they were successful at something, and then in one moment it felt like it was it was gone, and uh, and they wake up and they don't feel like there's anything. To do from before there's no there's no value in tomorrow, and that's what it leads them to. Well, I guess my time's expired. You know, you have to have that purpose ignited in you, and uh, and so you take you take uh, twenty years of combat, rapid deployments, building maybe even those that didn't experience deployments, but just a culture of being in the military is just such uh, this dark culture after twenty years of war, and all these deployments and all this suicide and depression and all these problems. And people were immersed in that culture, and now you have something like COVID that comes in and puts everybody restrictions. They're already away from their family and support system. They're locked down. They can't train the way they used to. They were really busy, and now they're not really busy anymore. And most of the people that I've seen in the military that have struggled with some really severe PTSD have been the guys that were, – they were going, they were going, they were going. Everything was fine. They were fine in deployments, and then they came home, and things slowed down. And it caught up like a like a, like a tide kind of rolling in, kinda of caught up. And I think that's what we're seeing with our with the lockdowns. Everybody was moving so fast and it was this very intense environment, even though it has problems. But then when they stopped and slowed everything down because of COVID lockdowns, it's like there's just rushing tide coming in. And uh, you know, the suicide rates by the way, the the military the, the military leaders, branch branch leaders, are all saying this is the tre- directly attributed to COVID.
6: That uh. Suicide
13: rates and active duty up thirty five percent. I was just at a, 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 I do a lot of speaking events on bases around the world, and I was just at eighty second Airborne, uh, which is one of the biggest infantry units in in the. It is, it is I think biggest infantry unit in the military, and uh, but they also are they they have the most suicides of any active duty unit in the military right now. And I, I just went there and spoke to those guys, and and they're hurting. You know these these guys are hurting, and uh, they need to get back to doing the business of America's military and get back active and be productive again. Like you said, men, people, they're, we're meant to be productive.
4: Chad, why did you go uh, go become an MMA champion? Why start with all that? Was that was that a searching for a purpose thing when you were done being a Force Recon Marine?
13: Uh, kind, of, kind of a little bit of both. I started martial arts when I was five years old, so martial arts had been a lifelong thing. I had a progression of competing my whole life. So when I fought in the military, I fought MMA before, like even while I was in the military, and even you know after Afghanistan, I was already a professional fighter. I was fighting on the side. So, uh, you know, it, I never had just like, you want to be an MMA fighter when I grow up kind of mentality like a lot of people would have now because it's so popular. I just, it was a natural progression of competing. I competed and, you know, and it just progressed to competing in, in MMA time when I first started. It was called Bali Tudo, which was, means everything goes in Portuguese. So that's kind of the progression I had. However, when I came home and, uh, you know, the wheels flew off for me and I'm diagnosed with PTSD and I'm dealing with, Panic attacks and anxiety and depression and I'm not liking the medicine and I feel like I'm just getting, my body's just going to shut down and die because uh, of the panic attacks are so debilitating. And I got on those mats for the first time because my wife and my counselor talked me into get back on the wrestling mats, go train. You're not going to die because you believe you're going to die when you, if you do anything physical, get your heart rate up. You're not going to die. And so I got on those mats and I trained. and I, I literally felt like I found a cure because you know, uh, you're you can't focus on. You can't focus on uh, Afghanistan or problems in your life when you're training. You gotta be focused in that. So it's something I could be unplugged from the world and be focused in. And I think it was really healthy for me. I think physical outlets like that are healthy for someone dealing with anxiety, depression, and mental illness. But you could have a medicine for being sick, and you could abuse that medicine. And that's kind of what I did with that. I, I just instead of getting better, I just used it as a crutch and just stayed as busy as I could doing that. And um, so during about three year period, I amassed a lot of success. Uh, you know, I ended up racking my record up pretty high, uh, won a world title belt, I was ranked number six in the world. But I never had got better, and I never had a. Uh, and so eventually it came crashing down, and I found myself divorcing my family, and sitting in the closet with a pistol, trying to, you know, decide whether I want to live or die, and attempted to take my life. I'm just thankful, uh, you know, some amazing people intervened. Chad,
4: really quickly, we're up against a break here. Tell people how they can support Mighty Oak Foundation so we can get these guys some help.
13: Yeah, so all of our programs at Mighty Oak Foundation are free, including travel. Uh, and so if you're a veteran and wants to come and learn more, we have six-day camps. You go to Org and apply online, find out more information since we don't have a ton of time right now. And then uh, and then if you, if, while it's free to our veterans, it's not free to us. So if you want to help us. Scholarship these guys. Uh, we depend on a great foundation to make that happen. You can uh, also support their
4: Mighty Oaks programs.org.
13: Mighty Oaks
4: Mighty Oaks org. Yes, sir. Mighty Oaks org. These guys have earned it. Thank you so much, Chad. I appreciate you, brother. Simplify.
13: Always love being on Simplify.
4: How about that? How about that? All right, I'm not done yet on the military, and then I'm moving on.
5: Missed out? Catch up.
0: JesseKellyShow.com. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work.
6: Sorry, I'm late.
0: Text and work. Text and pretend to work. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad
6: Council. 877-377-4373.
4: Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Remember, you can find me on social media at DC on Twitter, at DC on IG. The DC thing's kind of weird because I'm not in DC, but let me explain. When my account first started, I didn't start it. I was back running for Congress and my staff started it. And they they had dreams of me winning my congressional race. (laughs) Boy, did that go the other way. (laughs) But they had dreams of me winning my congressional race, which I didn't win. So, yeah. Oops. But anyway, that's how that happened. The military. When you're trying to get into a unit of the military, society in general, Don't tell me about diversity. And if you're somebody on the right, I need you to understand this because what happens is the left, it's like the Overton window. It's that kind of basic concept. But the left will move the language and move the window so much that you'll find yourself playing their game. I see this constantly from people on the right talking about, Diversity, and we're proud of our diversity. And diversity is what we want. I want diversity. And the diverse. The second you're talking about that, you've already lost. Diversity, fine. I'm not against it. I don't care about it at all, though. Absolutely not at all. I couldn't care less what color uh, Jewish producer Chris is. I don't care about his religion, his gender, his color. I don't care about phone screen or Mitchell's color, race, religion, show up and perform. I don't care if you're green. I don't care if you're an Eskimo. I don't care what you are. Show up and perform. You have a job to do on this show. Show up and do it, and we're fine. Don't show up and do it, and you're fired. That's called being an adult. That's called life. But this obsession has got to stop. It has to stop. And I'm not kidding about the women in frontline combat units. I'm shocked how many weaklings on the right won't stand up and say they have no place there whatsoever. None. On top of their bodies not being built for it. And don't do this thing. Well, if they make it through the, the the training. Even if you make it through the training initially, you have to understand your body breaks down over time. And they've already done extensive studies on it. Because women's bodies are built differently, they break down so fast. They're constantly injured. They break down faster. They're not made for it. And you know what's wrong with that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And on top of that, on top of that part, men and women in frontline combat units don't need to be together at all. You ready to be really offended? Women shouldn't be on Navy ships, any of them. And guys who will tell you privately, guys who have been in the Navy a long time will tell you privately, it has been an absolute disaster for the United States military. Because we had to be inclusive, right? Nobody wants to be the guy that says, no women allowed. You can't be the big meanie McMean face. Instead, we stuffed a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-old men and women on a gigantic tube and put them out in the middle of the ocean. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, exactly what you think. And then that causes drama, and then there's rifts, and now you've totally screwed up your unit cohesion to the max. And that's not even counting the ones who intentionally get pregnant right before deployment. So they won't have to deploy and leave, kick back, kick back on the na- Let me tell you something for a, for a kid, 18, 19, 20 years old, Navy bases are really nice and really cool. And if you're a pregnant woman getting pregnant on a Naval base with base housing, ain't that bad. Oh, see ya everybody. Oh, you're leaving for a crappy deployment for six months. I'll be back here chilling like a villain. Thank you. Appreciate it. It has been a disaster for the military. But we've we've moved so far along now. Now we're talking about transgenders. We're, we're, we're never getting back to talking about the women on the naval ships. It's wrong. And it's wrong. And it's wrong. And nobody will step up and say it. Nobody will. And because we didn't have that fight back when it initially opened up because nobody wanted to to be called a jerk, now we're stuck with this forever. They're training to shove bayonets into your eyeballs. We're worried if we... Well, what are the percentages of of women and black people? Do we have enough Asians? Let's get some Hispanics in there. Uh Uh-uh, we missed our transgender quota. Let's get some... That's how you die as a nation. All right, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm moving on. Hang on.
7: You're never completely ready to adopt a teen.
4: Headline, church known for its conservative views bombed in California. This is on Newsmax.com. FBI and local police are investigating an explosion early Saturday at a Los Angeles area church that has been the target of protests for its anti-LGBTQ message. Officers responding around 4.30 a.m. initially thought a vandal had broken the window of the First Works Baptist Church in El Monte. Quote, then we realized the windows were not smashed, they'd actually been blown out from some type of explosion. No injuries were reported. Let's just keep offending everybody today. This LGBTQ mob has become more aggressive and more violent in recent years. I saw they just had got some lady fired who used the wrong word in Spanish for some gay couple in New York and they immediately of course had to run and complain. This stuff is nasty. This stuff, these people are vicious and they're all part of the same commie machine. It makes me sick. All right. We're going to talk about stealing a tow truck and why I defend him. Hang on.
12: We we could take over. I don't know. I don't want to name a country, but I mean, 25,000 is a lot of boots on the ground, and for what? It's a lot. Because even the Department of Defense said that there was no intelligence indicating any imminent attack, and the fact that some of these politicians taking selfies with these guys, and then an hour later they're sleeping on the pavement in the freezing cold. I mean, what the hell is that all about?
11: It's outrageous. It's outrageous uh, it, to see that kind of, uh, you know, the, the photo op and then, and then turn around and, and walk away and forget. Unfortunately, I've, I've seen this happen as well uh, in some of my deployments. I've seen it too many times where we have troops deployed, lives on the line, in danger, and then you have politicians drop in for a few hours, take a picture, smile, shake a few hands, and then go back and, and don't actually do anything to address the reason, hey, why are our troops deployed overseas? Are we taking care of them when they come home? And are we honoring the great service and sacrifice that they and their family members uh, are providing to our country? On the National Guard though, in our nation's capital, I read something as well that uh, I think everyone would find disturbing in that not only were 25,000 deployed on inauguration day, militarizing our nation's capital, but even as about half of that number are heading home, THE OFFICIALS IN WASHINGTON ARE SAYING THAT THEY PLAN TO KEEP AN ENDURING PRESENCE OF THOUSANDS OF NATIONAL GUARD TROOPS IN OUR NATION'S CAPITAL. I HAVEN'T SEEN THE JUSTIFICATION OF THAT. BUT AGAIN, IT JUST REINFORCES MY CONCERN ABOUT WHAT IS THE KIND OF, WHAT, what IS THE MESSAGE THAT THEY ARE SENDING TO THE AMERICAN PEOPLE? What WHAT IS IT THAT THEY ARE TRYING TO ACCOMPLISH NOW BY CREATING AN ENDURING PRESENCE? THAT SOUNDS A LOT LIKE A lot of the stuff that we've seen happen
4: overseas. It sure does. Thousands of National Guard troops to be held in D.C. remain there, at least through the impeachment trial. And let's, let's have another uncomfortable talk before we get to this tow truck thing. What did Republicans do about Democrats trying to use, and actually not trying, using the FBI, the DOJ, the FISA court, the CIA on Republicans in the 2016 election. What did Republicans actually do about it? Uh, I'm not talking about uh, Senate speeches. I'm not talking about tweets. What was done? We now know, this is not left or right, Democrat, Republican, we now know for a fact Barack Obama's FBI knowingly lied to the FISA court so they could get wiretaps on Donald Trump's campaign. That is, that's high crimes. What did we do about it? Uh, uh, Bill Barr, uh, John Durham. Nothing's been done. Absolutely nothing. Everybody's threatened about it. Everybody talked about it for four years. I'm going to do this. There's going to be a hearing. We're going to have a committee. We're going to have a special investigation. We're going to have that. What was actually done? Nothing. What do Democrats do? Democrats bring in thousands of troops and try the last guy. Their last guy, the last opponent of theirs, they're dragging him back to D.C. for a trial with troops set up. Who's playing to win? You know the thing about that Sulla, Marius story, the social war, the civil war? I'll tell you this much. At least they understood you had better win the fight to have the kind of country you want to have. We don't even seem interested in fighting it. At all. We don't seem interested in fighting it. We've got DC Republican leadership out there. Well, I mean, we should have an impeachment. I mean, Trump definitely incited the riot. Are you people out of your minds? Are you out? Do you not see what's happening? Even if you despise Donald Trump, the danger out there right now of what's happening. I'm looking at this. This is a headline. I'm not making this up. This is a headline for, I believe, the biggest newspaper in the United States of America. I think the New York Times is the biggest newspaper in the country. Headline. Why Why is big tech policing free speech? Because the government isn't. And this is a direct quote from the article. Quote, we are uncomfortable with government doing it. We're uncomfortable with Silicon Valley doing it but we're also uncomfortable with nobody doing it at all. What do I keep telling you? America's communists are no different than communists have always been. They always police the speech. We have so many bigger problems than Donald Trump right now. As the corporate world joins with big tech joins with the Democratic Party to decide that you are the enemy. You should shut up. You should lose your job. You should hide in shame. This is such a dangerous place to be for a nation. And we are right here, knee-deep in it, and people are still talking about Donald Trump. We have much bigger fish to fry. Headline. FHP. This is from Fox San Antonio. Man steals tow truck as revenge for company previously towing his car. This is from Florida. A man from Cocoa, I don't know, it looks like Cocoa to me, is facing charges after he admitted to stealing a company's tow truck as revenge. Late Tuesday evening, Florida Highway Patrol troopers received a tip that a tow truck had been stolen out of Orange County, according to a report. Orange County, Florida, mind you. After midnight on Wednesday, one trooper spotted the car store towing vehicle driving north on I-75. The trooper pulled the truck over and spoke with Amy Ongo. Amy's A-I-M-E-E, it's a dude. 30, according to the report. He admitted to stealing the truck. A search for a search on Ongo in the truck resulted in the recovery of methamphetamine, Xanax, and hydrocodine, according to the report. Okay, Ongo was arrested, charged with Grand Theft Auto. Okay, so maybe this guy isn't the best dude in the world. But let me just say this. I don't know how tow trucks operate where you are. But tow trucks in my area are known, absolutely known for, they'll park it outside of certain parking lots, and they'll wait for anybody who steps out of line and bolt over there and tow their car away. Cause that's how they make money. And look, I, you know, I respect the hustle. I always respect the hustle, but think, think how many times they've snatched up some poor soul who just had to run in real quick and grab something. And he's in a hurry and comes out to see his car being towed away. The anger and animosity I've heard at tow truck drivers in my life, I think in New York City, they get licenses to carry really easily. And that's hard to get one of those in New York City. It's that kind of anger over there. I respect it. I respect it. And remember, as I switch back to the other story now, remember what they think about you. Acting DHS deputy head during the Capitol riot reveals Pelosi demanded machine guns be deployed against civilians in D.C. Yeah, all these troops in D.C., a lot of it's for show, right? A lot of it's for show. A lot of it, though, they really will not hesitate to use the military against you. They're more than happy to use the military against you. And I have to say something. It is amazing to me the reaction from that idiotic little raid thing on the Capitol. It is amazing to me how many people who live in D.C. that think the reaction to that is totally appropriate. As if the Capitol building is some sacred sanctuary. Uh, Yeah, the Capitol building's good. It's nice. It's not more important than small businesses. And I'm going to tell you somebody who should go to prison in just a second. Hang on.
6: I've got an of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show.
4: Tell you something about super beats. I'm not asking you to go out and start a gym membership where you go for nine hours a day. I'm not asking asking you to eat a, a piece of lettuce every night for dinner. I would never ask that of you because I could not ever do anything like that. But I am asking that you take care of your heart. Once you've experienced loved ones, plural, close to you. Go down with heart problems. It's not something you forget. And from that point on, you make a commitment to yourself that you will take care of your heart. When I say you have to eat two Super Beats heart chews per day, that is the easiest thing in the world. They even taste good. Please take care of your heart. It's easy. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That gets you two free 30-day supplies.
12: today comes amidst uh, a recall campaign comes amidst lawsuits and they
0: say that the timing on this is, is arbitrary and convenient based off of that I want to give
13: you a chance to respond to people that are saying
1: that yeah it's just complete utter nonsense so let's just dispense with that fundamental foundationally nonsense so that's no
4: you see I hear endless whining, 8 million headlines, an impeachment trial, FBI arrests over a bunch of idiots walking into the Capitol building. We do understand that California just announced they're opening up their economy, right? COVID case is still high. No other explanation. They opened up their economy, right? Michigan, they're opening up their economy again. That means we had governors not even hiding the fact they purposely destroyed lives, destroyed lives so the Democratic Party could win a presidential election, so they could create enough misery, tank Trump's economy enough so a Democratic Party could win a presidential election. Why aren't these people on trial? You heard Chad Robichaux earlier talking about veterans national suicide hotline up 1,000 percent calls up one thousand percent where's where are the handcuffs for Gavin Newsom and no I'm not I'm not trying to be over the top I'm not I'm not look, look I'm not trying to just just be radical here to be radicals sake why is Gavin Newsom not in a prison cell? Why is he not awaiting trial? Why is the governor of Detroit, Michigan, not awaiting trial? If you took your position as governor of the state and you purposely destroyed lives, ended lives with suicides, destroyed the mental health, destroyed your own economy, and you did that on purpose to win a presidential election, and now you're opening up your economy without a good explanation. If you're now opening up your economy without a good explanation why you're doing it, you should be placed under arrest today, and you should be awaiting trial for high treason. You should. Don't you dare tell me that thing in the Capitol is worse than what those governors did. Why are they not on trial? Why? Because the system only protects itself. And if I sound mad about it, it's because I am. Because I knew what they were doing. And everyone could see it. And they did it. And they did it on purpose. And there'll never be a trial. They'll answer one or two tough questions about it. And they'll scam off into these great lives because they screwed people over, but screwed people over with the approval of the system. And so there's no justice. And now there's that feeling. Remember we opened up the show talking about the populares and the optimates in Rome, the elites versus the people. And there's that feeling that's only getting worse and worse and worse that the elites are never held to account. There's never any justice. And the plebs are constantly getting dumped on. And it's getting worse. And stuff like this makes it worse. You can't do that. People have to be held accountable for that. The emails. I told you yesterday, the emails. I, re- I read when I was asking for your stories about lost jobs, lost businesses. Gosh. It was awful. It was freaking awful. Headline, nearly 20% of renters in America are behind on their payments. You know you know what's still coming, right? You know that well we have a huge financial crisis still coming. You get that? You see, what happened was all these renters are behind. We're not just talking about regular folks either. We're talking about corporate renters. I've told you a story before about the building we do our show in here in Houston. Pull in the parking garage. Pre-coronavirus. Oftentimes, no parking spots left. Multi-level parking garage. You have to go park up the road. Pull in now. Ten cars in the parking garage. Maybe. Maybe. Those are all businesses who are now moving out or have already moved out of this large building. They're not paying rent anymore. Somebody still owes money on this very large building we're in. That somebody's not going to be able to pay that money back without renters filling up space. That's not even residential. That's not even multiplying that time after time after time as it spreads across the country. And debt... I don't care what they told you in your idiotic college classes, debt doesn't just disappear. It can't be disappeared. It can be moved around, kicked down the road a little bit. That bill comes due. That bill is still coming. 20% of renters are behind on their payments. 20%. Combine that with this headline from apnews.com: job losses from the virus, four times as bad as the 09 financial crisis? What's happening now is because the stock market has remained high, people have convinced themselves that everything's going to be okay. The stock market remains high because the big tech firms and gigantic companies that have made a killing off this coronavirus pandemic, they are the stock market. They are not the foundation of the economy. They are not the foundation of the economy. They are part of it. Half of our economy is small business. Half. That means we've taken, if you think about the country being built on, you know, foundation or foundational pillars. We've crumbled half of them. Now, how stable do you think our economy is? Where's this stability coming from? We have trouble coming. And when we talk about things like job losses, job losses, as they lost jobs. Because we're not telling a personal story about it, it gets lost. But each and every one of those people had a job, were paying their bills, maybe supporting a family. And now they're not anymore. And now what are they seeing? They're seeing the Congress impeaching the president who's gone. He's golfing in Florida. This feeling that the elites don't care, that they don't care at all, that they're living by their own rules, getting richer by the second while you're getting poor and laughing at you. This feeling is getting worse and worse and worse out there for a reason. And it's insane to me. Maybe it's just because I don't live in DC. Maybe it's because I don't hang out with political people. It's insane to me how the elites in DC, the elites in big tech cannot see what's happening. You think You think deleting a bunch of Twitter accounts is going to solve a problem? All you're doing is making it worse. You think impeaching the former president who just got over 70 million votes is going to solve a problem? You're only making it worse. You think hauling in thousands of troops into D.C. to stand guard is going to make the plebs suddenly respect you more, tone down the anger? It's almost as if they want to make things worse. That's what it's like. It feels like they want to make it worse. I don't. I actually do want to calm everything down. That's why I'm constantly yelling at them, stop. Stop. This is making it worse. But they're not. They're turning it up. We're going to talk to BK about that next. And we're going to talk to about this Tom Cotton Ranger controversy. Hang on. Joining me now, as he does every single Tuesday at this time, the host of World News with BK podcast, former Air Force PJ BK. BK, this uh, this Tom Cotton Ranger controversy story, I don't even know what to call it, has me completely confused for people unaware of the story and unaware of the background. Give it all to us now.
9: Okay, Jesse, so uh, here's here's basically the situation. All of a sudden, a writer decides to accuse Senator Tom Cotton of stolen valor for claiming to have served in Afghanistan, quote, as a ranger, end quote. Now, I I went back and looked at the quotes that they're talking about, and I couldn't see a lot. But the main thing was the difference between people who have gone to ranger school and the people who are assigned to the 75th. Ranger Regiment. Uh, so first of all, the Ranger School is a school that anybody can go to throughout the armed services, not in the Army. I mean, you can be a cook and go to Ranger School. Is uh, It's it's a grueling school. I'll give you that. But then people go to it. They graduate or they don't graduate and they go back to their units. And then if they graduate, they earn a tab, which they put on their shoulder of their uniform that says Ranger on it. If you go to the 75th Ranger Regiment, That means you are going to be assessed. You go to a very brutal selection course, and then you are going to join either the first, second, or third ranger battalion, which is underneath SOCOM, Special Operations Command, and you're going out and kicking in doors and shooting people in the head, and you're like a tier one operator, basically. So there's a huge difference between the two. Now, the big controversy has always been, well, who gets to call themselves a ranger? And I can tell you from personal experience, it's not uncommon for older gentlemen who've gone to ranger school to refer to themselves as ranger. I've heard it many times. So it, now, it, 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 to me, a ranger, if you said you were an Army ranger, I assume you served in the 1st, 2nd, or 3rd ranger battalion under SOCOM and you were a pipe hitter because those are the guys that I hung out with and those are the guys who also consider they consider yourself a ranger if you're attached to the 75th okay so that's kind of the long and short of it but it is very much a gray area because these ranger graduates who go to ranger school when they're being addressed by these generals at the graduation ceremony they're all the, the generals always call them congratulations rangers hey airborne rangers and so there there is a, there is a weird thing there now the army's stupid naturally they could have re, re, you know, done away with this a long time ago. They should have just renamed that ranger school because to me, in this day and age, in the year 2021, an Army ranger is a guy who's been knee-deep in spent shell casings taking the fight directly to an enemy, not some guy who went to a school for two months and then went back to his regular unit. That's the long and short of it, Jesse. Now, the media has no sense that they have no leg to stand on. And it's shocking, Jesse, the length that the media is now going to paint Tom Cotton. And this is obviously because they hate his politics. Let's be real.
4: Yeah, it's so it's so weird to me how the army would keep it that way that waters down. Like you said, I I mean, I don't want to be rude to anybody here, but the real army rangers, like you said, those dudes are studs to water it down that way. It's just so odd.
9: Yeah. and, And, you know, and it's no disrespect. You know what? It's let's not be disrespectful. It, a graduating Ranger school is, is an accomplishment yes, it, It's, no it's question. a tough accomplishment you go there you got you got you know you're out in the mud it's a suck fest everything mm-hmm. else. but it's not the same thing as, as many of my Ranger friends would say Ranger uh, school is a school being an army Ranger is a way of life and then to see the media now I mean my god Jesse I don't on, on Twitter I pointed out that Newsweek magazine, went back to an article that's six years old about those two chicks who graduated Ranger School for the first time. And they went back and edited an article that called those two females Rangers. And they to a six year old article. I mean, it's it's the first and you can go back and the guy from National Review has the before and after shot. And before, the article read, quote, for the first time in the Army Ranger School 64-year history, two women have completed the intense training program and will become Rangers. But now they've changed it, and it says, and will be allowed to wear the coveted Ranger tab on their uniforms. I mean, this is some Orwell stuff. They're going back to six-year-old articles just to own Tom Cotton, Jesse. Why? I mean, the media the media is sicker than I ever thought possible.
4: Why the Tom Cotton hate? Is this just about that Capitol thing challenging the election results? Is that why they're after Holly and Cotton and just trying to make sure they get their pound of flesh?
9: Yeah. I, you know, I'm not sure because I, I, correct me if I'm – I didn't really follow who said what that whole time. I didn't think Tom Cotton was one of the guys who was like, yeah, we, you know, the election was stolen. I, he wasn't a guy that jumped out of me. He could have been. I could be wrong on that. But I think it's just basically they hate the guy. They hate his politics, even though hilariously enough, let's remember Tom Cotton was the guy who caused a huge uproar in the New York Times editorial board for saying, hey, we should use the National Guard. And now the National Guard is turning Washington, D.C. into an armed camp for the foreseeable future. And that wasn't Trump doing that, so they, no, but none of them make any sense, Jesse.
4: BK, China. We we got we got word about China's air force doing an incursion in Taiwan. One, what does that even mean? Two, what does it mean? <laughs>
9: uh, well, you know, there. Well, China and the Taiwan. It's long been, it's long been a huge. Uh, a huge controversy. China claims they own Taiwan. Taiwan says they don't. And yeah, like you said, those Chinese Air Force planes, those are 12 fighter jets that went into Taiwan's airspace, and they've done it in a few days now in a row. And China's used Taiwan as its own territory, and Taiwan says, no, we're our free, we're our own free people. We're a democracy, and uh, we don't. But China keeps claiming them as their own, and China is ratcheting this up. Now that Sleepy Joe is in office. They're uh, bringing fighters and bombers and they're that's different because in the past you know you'd always hear about a Chinese reconnaissance plane maybe slipping through the airspace and taking pictures but now in the last few weeks it's been we're talking like multiple Chinese bombers and multiple jets so I mean I, I don't know what's gonna happen uh, and and you know Taiwan does have an air Force and Taiwan does have air defenses so let's see if they, uh, Let's see if they let slip a few uh, anti-aircraft defense mechanisms. It'll be crazy to watch. Because obviously, they're no match for China.
4: If China wants to go take it, and they obviously do want to take it, in all seriousness, why don't they just go take it? Like, there's nobody who could stop them.
9: No, I know. We, well, we live in an era now of optics, Jesse. You know, Obviously, China physically is the bigger force. They could overtake the island by sheer force. They could carpet bomb it into oblivion. But that's going to look really bad on, on Instagram. So, you know, it sounds stupid when you say it out loud, but that's the time we live in. I mean, it's the same thing with us. We could have gone in we could go to Afghanistan tomorrow and just level the place from uh, north to south. But we're not going to do that because the optics are bad. And, and China is no different than us in that regard. They're not going to do that. They'll just wear it down slowly, drip by drip, uh, and by threats and by stuff that you can't see behind, behind the scenes.
4: Did we... Did we lose all the gains we made with Trump when it comes to China as soon as Biden got elected or did was Trump so effective on that front that Biden's going to be bound to some of that?
9: You know, it's hard to say, Jesse, as I counsel my many younger viewers, I counsel them to not get emotionally attached to any one man. Mm -hmm. And as you know, the the movement is far more important than one man, you know, the movement of liberty, you and I. You and I agree on these things where, you know, the the, the more the more important item is, is liberty, uh, self-responsibility, self-determination, the things that make America great. And that goes beyond uh, Trump, who, you know, he he really he, in many ways, Trump to me is a tragic figure, because if he had the slightest interest in actually doing the job, he could have done so much good. But he didn't. He 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 wanted to get a, He loved the rallies. And he loves slamming the fake news, which don't get me wrong. I love slamming the fake news as well. But sooner or later, you have to actually do concrete stuff. And and he didn't want to do it. And so that's on him. So he's gone. And now it's up to the next generation to kind of take that fight on. My worry is that we don't have too many people who don't care what the press think about them like Trump did. I mean, even like guys like Dan Crenshaw, Tom Cotton, they deeply care what the New York Times editorial board says about them, which is something I've never figured out. Yeah, but, but, but they do. BK. They do. And uh, I fear about that. So
4: hopefully it changes. Podcast is the real world. The, 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 <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what is it again, BK? World, the, the world, world news with BK. World news with BK. BK, appreciate you, brother. Thanks.
5: Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like,
3: and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
11: The mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th to try to stop Congress from carrying out its constitutional responsibilities were behaving like domestic enemies of our country. But let's be clear, the John Brennans, Adam Schiff's, and the oligarchs in big tech who are trying to undermine our constitutionally protected rights and turn our country into a police state with KGB style surveillance are also domestic enemies and much more powerful and therefore dangerous than the mob that stormed the Capitol. Now John Brennan
9: said so I know looking forward that the members of the the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas mm-hmm. where they germinate in different parts of a country and they gain strength and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious ex- religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians.
11: Now, President Biden, I call upon you and all members of Congress from both parties to denounce these efforts by the likes of Brennan and others to take away our civil liberties that are endowed to us by our creator and guaranteed in our constitution. If you don't stand up to these people now, then our country will be in great peril.
4: What do you think is more dangerous? A mob, or the entire system being corrupted? I, I think I think we don't think it, I think we don't talk about it enough that our CIA directors, our FBI directors, are leftists who think you need to be punished. Christopher Ray, current head of the FBI, Trump's hire. Christopher Ray, one of the few people kept on by Joe Biden. Why do you think he did that? Why do you think he did that? Hmm. Now, I promised you I'd address this that I'm going to right now, real real briefly. Biden to speed up replacing Andrew Jackson with Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. One, I have no problem with Harriet Tubman being on some money at all because Harriet Tubman was a boss. I will say I have a bunch of friends of mine who said, well, I don't have any problem with it either, but why not Frederick Douglass? He did way more. And to be honest, he did do way more. Frederick Douglass was a stud. You know what? Maybe I should do a Frederick Douglass show soon. That dude was a stud. He was awesome. What, Chris? Yeah, he wasn't pro-feminist. That's for sure. That's one of my favorite things about him, Chris. Anyway, but hey, whatever. Be that, be that as a may, I've no problem with the Harriet Tubman stuff. Why get rid of Andrew Jackson, though? Andrew Jackson was a boss. I I understand that. 90% of the country has been educated that everything that happened in the past was vicious and racist in a big media. Andrew Jackson was a stud. Andrew Jackson balanced the budget. I, I, I realize he wasn't soft and cuddly. Uh, it was not a soft and cuddly time. These people, this is what drives me nuts about history. And, you know, I, I run into this all the time. These people who live, work, and worship in this total comfort. You're never out of the air conditioning or heat for more than five minutes at a time. Your food is always right beside you. Your life is so safe. You're, you're, 99% of you are never going to encounter a criminal on the street. Life is easy. You talk about people who lived in an era where life was hard and dangerous and difficult decisions had to be made. And you look down on the men who lived, worked, and worshipped in there. Andrew Jackson was a POW to the British at the age of 14 and refused to follow orders so much so they sword slashed him in the head. Don't judge Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson came up rough. If I remember right, his dad died when he was very early. I may have some of this fuzzy, brutal life. His whole life fighting And now we look back at the warriors who built this country. Well, this particular incident, it's not what my uh, gender studies professor would have done. Your gender studies professor is a fat loser who's never known danger in his entire life. Ever. I hate it. I hate this history we have that's been taught now. This White guilt, America sucks history. It's pathetic. And you know I don't sugarcoat history. I don't sugarcoat any of it. Not for white people, black people, Indians, tribes. I I, I just tell you what really happened. That's it. But everything is presented to people now as America sucks and is evil. And Give me a freaking break, Andrew Jackson. These people who criticize Andrew Jackson, they aren't fit to shine Andrew Jackson's shoes. There. Let's it.
10: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
4: If you missed any part of the show, you can catch the whole show on iHeart, Google, Spotify. It's on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating on iTunes. Leave a review discussing how handsome I am. Our history story today was awesome. It went extra long. If anybody's mad about it, let me be very clear. I don't care at all. (laughs) 877-377-4373 is the number. You're welcome to leave a voicemail. Remember, we'll play the voicemails on the air. Email away jesse at jessekellyshow.com your love, your hate, your death threats, your ask Dr. Jesse questions in preparation for Friday. It is all welcome on this show. I can't believe we're already almost halfway through the week, Chris. It's so it's so much faster and more fun going through the week when you get to hang out with me. What? All right. That's all. Kelly show You don't have to dip forever. you know that right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long, and what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Ah, it's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey and I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. that didn't work. Gum. Sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice. I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a Jake's Mint Chew.com. That's Jake's Mint chew.com make sure you use the promo code jesse at checkout when you do that you get 10 percent off
1: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics